Good morning. I got up this morning, um, I had the phrase going through my spirit, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And uh, I mean, I'm not given, I love coincidences, I'm not given to uh, weird things, but sometimes weird things happen. Then I got in the car and uh, my... um, my phone clicked into my Apple Play, and uh, I have Elevation music on my iPad that I typically don't listen to. I use Spotify. And so anyway, clicked on Elevation, and they start singing where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And so uh, I really would, I'd like to push through something, if that's okay with you, and if it's not okay with you, just endure this. Would you stand this morning with us? And uh, I want to bring to your uh, just to your memory this morning, uh, the, the walls of Jericho, there is a, um, there's a, a form of praise. Um, when we look at the word praise, we get ripped off in English because there are like 11 Hebrew words that get translated to one English word, praise. Um, and they're just wonderful examples of how God gave us to, to worship him um, and to express our love and adoration to him. And sometimes in the New Testament, to bring the sacrifice of praise. Um, and so we don't bring the sacrifice to earn anything as they did in the Old Testament, you know, blood of goats and, and, and sheep and bulls and all those kinds of things. But we do bring something to the Lord. We bring our praise to the Lord. And one of the Hebrew words for praise is Shabbat, and I'm probably not pronouncing it properly because I don't speak speak ancient Hebrew, um, but Shabbat praise was the shout at Jericho when they, walked, when they marched around in silence, uh, and then on the seventh time, they gave up a shout to the Lord. And something, uh, something resonated. Um, spirit, you know, there was spiritual, of course, but physically, something resonated with that shout that caused the walls of Jericho to start cracking and and to collapse. Um, and the enemy, the enemy's fortress, uh, was defeated. And what I'd like to do, um, just just for a minute or two here, is uh, I just want you to close your eyes and and uh, just whatever is your Jericho this morning, whatever you've been marching around, maybe this week, maybe this month, maybe this year, maybe your lifetime, uh, whatever seems to be the enemy fortress, um, I just believe where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. He's here this morning uh, because he's with his people, or two or more are gathered. So by faith, we know he's here. And uh, what I'd like to do is just, um, just as if we were marching around Jericho, go, I'm going to go one, two, three, and on three, I'd like you just to begin to vocalize praise. If you're comfortable with shabaking, you can shout out to the Lord. It's not for the noise. It's not to create energy. It is an act of faith that when we come to the house of God, we say, no matter what I'm facing, he is worthy to be praised. He is worthy to be adored. He is worthy to be lifted up. Our God is great and greatly to be praised. One, two, three. Thank you, Lord. We lift out your name today, oh God. We love you, Jesus. We bless you. Thank you, Lord. Keep it going. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We love you. Lord, we, we bring the sacrifice of praise, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks unto your name. God, great is the Lord um, uh, and greatly to be praised. Thank you, Jesus. We make your praise glorious. Father, it's in-
that we've come in way down this morning, Father, that we can just let them go. And Father, receive from you this morning in your name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you for uh, just doing that with us today. More than an exercise, I believe. Have you ever had a dream where you're being chased by the monster and uh, you're shouting out and you, you, you're like, help, 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 and you can't get your voice heard in the dream? Anybody, who's, that, who's had that dream? How about the one where you're standing in public in your underwear, if you had that one too? That's a different one, that's a different one. And you're trying, you're trying, to, shout, you're try, you're trying to shout out and, uh, and then you do finally shout out and you wake yourself up. Sometimes, and that's why I'm just pushing this a little bit, sometimes, because I, I've, I've learned this, I've learned this, and over the years here at Harvest, I, if there's a Sunday, and sometimes there's reasons why that expression doesn't quite, you know, I'm just pointing at it, like just, sometimes it's just difficult for that expression to break forth, and sometimes the enemy just tries to put a sleepiness on us, or, or bring fear, or bring whatever, and so we're like, I don't feel like it, but we really believe in this principle. I bring the sacrifice of praise. Even if I don't feel like it, God is worthy. And what happens is, help! Our voice is heard. We hear ourselves. Something gets released in our spirit, and we wake up to the fact that he is a great God, that he is on our side. This morning, I want to talk to you about the favor of God, saying yes, uh, having a yes attitude to the things of God. Uh, We're starting a series. This is week two. By the way, did you see the cute drummer this morning? Yeah, Karen really can do all things. Karen can do all things through faith who strengthens us. Thank you, Karen. <laughs> She's not married either, bud, you know, I mean... But as surely as God is faithful, oh, that's a, that's a surely statement, even if your name's not surely. Our message to you is not yes and no. In other words, it's not maybe, maybe sometimes yes, maybe sometimes no. Our message of the gospel is not yes or no, it's not maybe. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, by me and Silas and Timothy, was not maybe. But in him, it's always been yes. Say yes. We wanna have a yes attitude to the things of God. For no matter how many promises God has made, and there are lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of them, they are yes in Christ. So through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. I wanna, as I said, share with you this morning about having a yes when it comes to understanding the favor of God. Father, we thank you so much that you adore us, you love us, you are for us, not against us. This morning I pray, Lord, that as you're here, that there would be freedom in the area of understanding your favor, that you're predisposed toward us. Lord, that your face is toward us. You're not, you're not waiting for us to do something. You have done it all on Calvary's cross. And Lord, in, that, in our relationship with you, Lord, we have all things pertaining to life and godliness, and we just want to thank you for that now. In Jesus' name, everyone said. Favor is just one of my favorite topics, and uh, yesterday, such a beautiful day, we jumped in our, we have a little bug convertible, and we go on adventures, Christine and I, and, um, and usually Aaron uh, comes with us, and, uh, and the dog, Annie, and uh, we head out, we'll just point it in a direction, and uh, so... 
Um, as we're talking, the hood is, of course, the top is down, it's windy. I'm not hearing uh, the instrument panel tell me uh, the warning that there's no gas. And, uh, and so a little bit of a context in my story is that Christina's father um, used to pride himself in seeing how far he could go on a tank of gas. And she tells stories of being a little girl uh, with the family sitting on the side of a road over and over many, many times while he went looking for a jerry can uh, because he found out how far he could go on a tank of gas and it wasn't far enough. And uh, there's just, just bad memories. And so I know, I, I know that as I look down and I, I realize and it's now past the empty. It's like, it's, it's screaming, I'm empty. And so, so I, I, in my mind, I, I'm praying. Uh, I, I put in the Google, how far is the closest? We're way up. Um, uh, kind of north of Cornwall and back roads, and uh, Lancaster is going to be the closest gas station, um, and it's a little ways away. It's beyond empty, and I'm praying, Lord, if you've ever loved me, love me now, <laughs> because if I have to leave Christina on the side of the road with the dog and Aaron while I go looking for a jerry can at a farmer's house, I'm in so much trouble. It will be a long night, a lonely night. In fact, Lord, it'll be a lonely week and perhaps a lonely month. Lord, have mercy on your servant if I found favor in your sight. In the Old Testament, the Old Testament prophets would pray, if I have found favor. But in the New Testament, our prayer is because I have favor, and you're gonna see that this morning. Well, we pulled into the Lancaster, because I know you wanna know the end of the story. We pulled into the Lancaster um, uh, gas station, and I pumped her up, and I'm watching as the leaders click, and uh, 55 leaders uh, went into the bug. And I went in, I said, I need to use the restroom, which was another excuse to do a search, and I go, I, I, uh, how, what, is the, what was the fuel capacity of my bug? 55 liters. So whether angelic hosts were helping and being favorable toward us or just what was in the, you know, in the nozzle uh, between the tank and the little, that, that, that's it, that's all. So that was favorable. That's my favorite story this morning. I want to talk about living, living in the favor of God. Psalm 102, verse 13, you will arise and have compassion on Zion. And I just want to pause there without unpacking this a whole lot, but we can put in there because of New Testament understanding that Zion is the place of the, of the, the New Testament local church, the place where God's people gather, where you're, you come each Sunday and you come into his presence and in community we pray for one another and love one another and, and, and discover spiritual things together because Hebrew tells us we've not come to Mount Sinai We've come to Mount Zion to the assembly, uh, to, to the uh, church of the, um, uh, of the firstborn. So, unpack that real quick so you just understand. We will arise and, and have, he's having compassion, having compassion on his church. For it's time to show say, uh, favor to her. The appointed time has come. And God had an appointed time when Jesus uh, would come as a man born in a manger Christmas. He would die on a cross. He would take your sin, my sin, so that God's wrath and God's anger that was on you and I because of sin would now be turned toward Jesus and all of God's anger, all of God's wrath uh, that was because of humanity's sin, the human Jesus, the God-man, but fully man, hung in on a cross with your sin and mine, God's anger was fully placed for sin on Jesus. Say all of it. 
He didn't save a little bit of anger for you or a little bit of anger for me. He didn't save any. It all went on Jesus. There was an appointed time to show favor to his bride, to his church, and that appointed time has come. Second Corinthians tells us, for he says, God speaking, in the time of my favor, I heard you. And in the day of salvation, I helped you. I tell you, now is the time of God. favored, that many of us resort to a religious performance mode because as we serve God who is our Father, we'll resort to our own childhood upbringing, our own understanding of teachers and authority figures and just people, the big people in the world when we were little people. And now that hopefully we're big people and we're learning to relate to a God who loves us and yet we're children, but we're not children. Most of us in the room, because the kids have been dismissed, we're adults. And how do we as adults and, and act like adult children, understanding that God is our Father? But many of us will resort to that when we're going through things that are difficult and we don't understand them, a lot of us in the room will resort to God is angry. I've done something wrong. Maybe if I could get it right, what did I do to deserve this? And we are not living in favor. Now is the time of salvation. Now is the time of favor. And learning to live in the favor of God. Now is that time. Say now. Well, let's talk a little bit about what we're saying yes to as we say yes to the favor of God. Because I want you to be rock solid that God's favor is always toward you. If we just look at the noun meaning of favor, uh, approval, support, or liking for someone. You ever had a liking for someone? You're just drawn to them and uh, you just have an extra smile. Maybe you meet somebody at work, you connect to them. Uh, maybe you have a new relationship uh, in the neighborhood and you're just like, I, I, I like them. You ever said that with somebody at church? You've met them for, uh, you know, in the hour after time and you've just said, I, I like them. And you have a liking for them. There's something you're drawn. You want to call them that week. You want to find out. You want to discover. You want to journey into a relationship. Well, God has a liking for you. Regardless of, of what you've contributed to your relationship with him, he has a liking because that's what favor is. It's approval, support, or a liking, feeling a regard of fondness. God is drawn to you. He's taken a liking to you. Say, God likes me. For some, that's easy. For others, this is, this is a, we'll, we'll move through the mental gymnastics of this. Number two, an act of kindness beyond what is due or usual. An act of kindness beyond what is due, beyond what is owed. Now look, we all have we're not supposed to. <laughs> I'm pointing to our humanity. We're supposed to be better than this. But we all have an internal gauge when it comes to gifts, what we give, uh, um, kind of uh, like if you're 
If your wife, you know, goes over the top in a birthday present and, and kind of one-ups and gives you a great gift, you're thinking next year, I've got to do better. I, I, because it kind of feels like I owe her more because she gets Christmas time. Uh, somebody, you know, somebody at work uh, gets you a coffee, buys you lunch, and you kind of keep in track now. I owe you a lunch. You guys, you're out there, right? Those aren't cardboard cutouts, correct? All right. So how, how, many, how many here, you keep track of coffees and you try to make sure that you've done your share of the coffees at work, wave your hand. How many you're the guy you don't care and everybody's talking about you at work because you never pick a... something that's owed, and yet it's still, it's still in that understanding of, of, you know, kindness and goodness, and we don't, you know, we're not really thinking we're owing, but we're kind of keeping track a little bit, but that's not God. God just gives sacrificially. He gives as an act of kindness, and it's not because it's due to you. It's because it's out of the ordinary, say not usual. Is the God that we serve who has favor on our lives. Listen to how salvation works, Romans chapter four. When people work, they earn wages. It can't be considered a free gift or grace or favor. Kind of some interchangeable words. Hey, boss man, thank you for that check this week. Woo, how generous of you. This is amazing. Oh, man, I just love payday. I'm just gonna be talking about this. I just can't even believe you gave me this. This is, a, honey, honey, the boss did it again this week. Gave us a check for, for this whole, I, this is amazing. Said no one ever, 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 because he owes it to you. He owes it to you. You worked for it. He owes it. Say, he owes me. Yeah, or she owes me. It cannot be considered. It cannot come into this realm of favor. Although we try to think about it this way, that God, we're kind of keeping track with God. But no one earns God's righteousness. It can only be transferred when we, are no, we no longer rely on our own works, say works, and we can work a lot of different ways for God. And lots of us do it. Lots of us do it. We're working for God. We are praying because we think we should or we're supposed to, or we're reading the Bible because we think we should or we're supposed to. And we, you need to do those things. Or we're acting a certain way or having certain behavior, trying to get victory over certain areas of our life because we, 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 we should or we're supposed to. But, but when it goes beyond because I'm madly in love with him and he's madly in love with me and that I'm already righteous, there's nothing that you can do to become less righteous or more righteous. I'm gonna pause there because someone's <coughs> hairball, just hairballing on that one. Well, I'm growing in my righteousness, Pastor. I'll be more righteous tomorrow. No, you'll be more sanctified tomorrow. Sanctification is that outward working of, of, of the cleaning up from the inside out. But when God looks at you, he doesn't care about how you're acting. I mean, he cares. But that he's not, there's nothing, he doesn't care to the point of changing how he feels about you. 
That isn't changing because he sees you as righteous. You are as righteous today as you will be when you're standing before him in glory. Because it's transferred. It's not your righteousness. Jesus' righteousness was given. You gave him sin. He gave you righteousness. Somebody say, I'm righteous. And that is a big thought in this area of favor. We're fa we have the favor of God because we've been made righteous. Not because you've worked for it or worked hard for God and had your star chart for Jesus and go, look at me, I'm doing really good. And it works both ways. Look at me, I'm doing really bad. I'm helpless and hopeless. I'm a victim. I can't get freedom because I can't get that star chart right. It, can't only, it can only be transferred when we no longer rely on our own works. But believe in the one who powerfully declares that the ungodly will be righteous in his eyes. It is faith that transfers God's righteousness into your account. And so on a Sunday, we ask every Sunday, and I'll do it again today, is there someone here today that doesn't know Jesus? Would you lift your hand and choose salvation today? We'll do that at the end of the service. And when someone in faith goes, I want Jesus, I want the transfer, I want to be forgiven, I want his righteousness and eternal life, and there's an immediate transfer. Because in faith, you ask and believe for it. So God's favor is not something you can earn. He freely and willingly gives it to you. And so God's favor then, as we're saying yes to favor, is rooted not in works, but it's rooted in your identity with Jesus. And that Jesus is the son of God. God loves his son, right? God loves his son? God would do anything for Jesus? You're not sure about that. Well, let me take about another 20 minutes and I'll unpack that. No, pastor, keep going, please. Right? God loves Jesus. And would do anything for him. God loves you as much as he loves Jesus. See, these, these are concepts that we hear them, but we in faith don't always embrace them. And, and as I just said it, I could feel the, the pushback in the room. Well, what do, what do you mean? No, I don't think God loves me as much as he loves Jesus. Maybe a little less. No, exactly the same way. Because he transferred Jesus' righteousness to you. You are righteous. You are the son and daughters of God. He loves you and adores you and is captivated with you as much as he is with Jesus. And so when it's my identity, I move away from performance that I feel really good about what's happening. When things are going good, I'm really good. When things are going bad, I'm really bad. Because I'm wondering, where are you, God? Why haven't you come through for me, God? You owe me, God. Man, it's quiet. All right, we'll just keep going with it. How about the verb form of the word favor? So the action. Feel or show approval or preference for to give over generous preferential treatment. I love this. Feel or show approval or preference for to give over generous preferential treatment. Did you know that God prefers your success over your failures? Do you know that God gives you preferential treatment, that he prefers your prosperity, he prefers your health, he prefers to bless you, that he's giving you preferential treatment every single day, and we want to say yes to favor. Preferential treatment. 
Number two, verb, working to the advantage of. God wants to give you an edge in life. An edge that without God, you don't have that edge. But when we're in relationship with the Lord, we're drawing on that relation. My identity is that God is my Father. I immediately have an edge because I have his favor, an advantage at work, an advantage in my marriage, an advantage with my kids, an advantage for my kids. My kids have an advantage because I have an advantage in God, and I can pray that his advantage, that's my advantage, becomes their advantage, the favor of God. Romans chapter 8, Paul is listing all the amazing things that God has done for us in this whole topic called salvation and what was purchased for us in Calvary's cross, which isn't just forgiveness of sin. And when I say just, I'm not minimizing. I'm just saying many Christ followers stop there and are waiting for eternal life when they die. And God said, in him I live and move and have my being. And there's an eternal life, a Zoe life, an abundant life that we tap into now by the Holy Spirit because I've learned to say yes to favor. I've learned to live in his power. I've learned to live as a son. You've learned to live as a daughter. And your identity being that his favors toward you. And as he's unpacking all of this, he says, what then shall we say in response to all of this? If God is for us, who can be against us? And of course, the if there is not questioning God being for us, because I just unpacked all that. He's saying, if this is true, then this is true. If God is for me, in comparison, nothing can be against me. Not quite. And what I draw, draw your attention to is he's holding up two realities and understanding that one reality has the life in it and that's where I'm choosing to live and the reality that God is for me. Because the fact is, things do come against me. What shall we say? If God is for me, who can be against me? He who did not spare his own son. That's my point about he didn't hold back Jesus who he loves. And so his love equal for Jesus as it is for us because he didn't withhold Jesus, the only answer to sin. He released and gave you and I, Jesus, his son. So if he didn't spare there, he's sparing on nothing, baby. He who did not spare or hold back or was stingy with his own son, but gave him up for us all, freely gave, freely offered, how will he not also along with him graciously give us, give us what? All things. So I got everything when I was given salvation, relationship with Jesus, graciously, favorably given all things. So if God is for me, who can be against me? Saying yes to favor is not the problem when my circumstances are going favorably. Now I'm going to suggest as a thought, it actually is because if you're not living in favor and you have a conditional response to God, you're actually in the way of releasing even more favor. You're experiencing a teeny tiny bit of good day, and God is saying, I want you to wake up in the morning so expectant, regardless of the circumstances. Woo, here's another day. What's God going to do today? How's God using me today? What miracles is God performing today? How is the universe shifting today? Because I know God. I found freedom. I discovered that he wants to use my life and make a difference, and I'm ready to do it today. Because I've learned to live in favor. 
So saying yes is not a problem when we just are in full view of favor. But what if you can't see favor? Because circumstances are shadowing, clouding you having a full view of favor. Can anything ever separate us from the love, from Christ's love? And we've been taught really quick, no, no, nothing can. Does it mean that he no longer loves us? If we have trouble, calamity, or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? No. Despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. Notice the love piece, the relational piece. This is not a this is not an equation. This is not earning. This is not I'm acting good. I can do better, God, and get more favor. This is simply when I'm in love with Jesus, something's flowing back and forth in that relationship. And nothing can separate me from that love. Overwhelming victories, mine. For I'm convinced. Ah. Convinced is, a, is something in my mind, though. So Paul had to be convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, nor angels or demons or fears for today, worries about tomorrow, or even the powers of hell, they can't separate from God's love. Newsflash. But I can experience trouble, cl- uh, calamity. I don't know why I'm having trouble with calamity. Calamity. Persecution, hunger, destitution, danger. I can be threatened by death. I can have demons chasing me. Stuff about death and stuff about life and angels and, and, and fears about today and worries about tomorrow and powers of hell. Those are real and can create stuff in your life and in my life. But that is not the time to separate yourself from the love of God and let the enemy be victorious because somehow he's told you, ah, there you go. Got that sickness diagnosis. If you'd been to church a little bit more, pray a little harder, fast a little more, maybe, maybe. Ah, you can maybe try that now and see if God will notice you. He might, he might, you know, he might, he might, might not. Who knows? You know God can just... You know, it's his will, right? It's his will for you to, could be to die tomorrow of this sickness. Could be, you know. And we start separating our, we get, we're thinking and we separate ourselves now based on circumstance and we allow the circumstance to define me now and I allow that circumstance to, to be telling me all about my life now and, and I've forgotten all about how much God loves me and I'm not thinking about that or looking at that or confessing that or living in that, living in that. And in that moment, and Paul said, I've got to be convinced. Say convinced. Part of my job today is help convince you. I can't do it in one, one sermon, but I can plant the seed that as you're growing in the things of God, that you can realize that I need to be convinced, you need to be convinced. We're living in a world of circumstances that sometimes cloud or block me seeing favorable times and seasons and I forget that he's a favorable God toward me giving me an edge and we're going to see how to do that in a moment no despite all these things overwhelming victories are through Christ Bible says that Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and all the people Jesus grew in understanding God's favor he was born as a man in a baby as a baby in a manger he, wasn't, he didn't have a God switch where he could switch on and go, oh, no, 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 Jesus, stop that. That's, that's the God side of you, and, and uh, we need to be human for a second. That, that would have been cruel and unusual punishment 
Because the whole point of Jesus coming as a man was to show you and I that in, in relationship with God the Father, which is why Jesus would go out into the wilderness tonight and pray, just to be with his Father. Because as a human being, he could be victorious in this life and be sinless because he was in relationship with his father. And he came to do that, show us that, and why he could go to the cross and pay the price that you and I, because we couldn't do that. And right now, though that's the goal, we won't reach perfection on this earth, but what we can do is grow in wisdom and grow in our understanding and grow in how much we love Jesus so that we become mature Christians, adults, not only physically, but spiritually knowing how to deal with difficult times. Jesus grew. And so because Jesus grew, this is part of the new creation reality that if whatever Jesus has, remember, he's gonna give us all things. He gives you the capacity to grow in favor. That's not getting more favor. You have all the favor being convinced when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, he said, God, honestly, could we just stop this right now? Because this is hard. And I would rather come to heaven now. I would like to come now, but I really don't want to go through the cross. That's what he said to his father. Is there any other way? His father said, there is no other way. Jesus said, I trust you, Father. I love you so much that though I don't understand the circumstance, I choose to understand who you are and your love, your mercy, and your compassion, not my will, not what I want, yours be done. What did he show us? And that in the hardest places of life, we can join and remind ourselves of how much he loves us. He's too kind to be cruel. He's too good to withhold. So then what is the circumstance about? Well, let's just talk about this a little bit. How do we grow in favor? I think I have four of these. I'll give them to you. And then our team is going to come here in a couple minutes. Number one, God is way ahead of you. Way ahead of you. I'm way ahead of you. God, everything's falling apart. This isn't favorable at all. Way ahead of you. Way ahead of you. I just lost my job. God, where are you? Way ahead of you. I'm way ahead of you. No, where are you? Now is the day of salvation. Now is the time of favor. Where are you now? Way ahead of you. I'm way ahead of you. In your journey of life, and whatever we face, he is sovereign, he is good, he is kind, he's already in your tomorrow. God is not hindered by time. You have to go to bed tonight to get to tomorrow. We're not guaranteed of that, but if all that happens, that's how tomorrow happens for you. I will go to bed, we will sleep, we will wake up, and tomorrow, and here we are, tomorrow. God's already in tomorrow. God's in next week, God's in next year, God's in eternity. He is not hindered by time. He can be in, he can, he can be in yesterday. He can be in today. God in his eternality and lives in the eternal now isn't restricted. And so, he told this promise to the children of Israel who were uh, um, going, you know, on their journey out of, out of Sinai and then cross over into the promised land. He said this. He said, on your journey, be strong and courageous. 
So don't be overcome by fear because that's, that's a possibility. <laughs> Anxiety and fear because it's going to get scary. It's going to get scary. It will be scary. He's not holding back. It will be scary. Sometimes life is scary. We're journeying. It will be scary. But be strong and have courage in your heart, which means I'm still afraid on the inside, but I'm moving forward. I'm not coming under this thing. There is a God who told me not to come under anxiety and fear, but in my, I'm scared, this is scary, but I trust God. How do I do that? Do not be afraid and do not panic before them. Why? For the Lord your God will personally go ahead of you. I'm ahead of you. I'm way ahead of you. And he will neither fail you nor abandon you. And so when that whisper from the enemy says, You're, this is hopeless, you are helpless, give up now. Why are you even trying? Why are you even bothering? Well, why, don't put your Bible away. Why are you even bothering with that? Th- that, that? This is done, this is over. And instead to come to that place, We want to say yes to favor. Not yes to the circumstance. God said it would get scary. But yes to favor. Why? Because it says, I will go before you. Whatever is in tomorrow, whatever is in the next day, whatever is in next week, next year, God's already there. And when you arrive there, what you need to begin to understand is when you arrive in the scary place, when you arrive in calamity, when you arrive, it doesn't mean God's not there. That's the first lie the enemy is going to try to tell you, you need to go, I know you're here because you told me you were going ahead of me. You told me that when the journey got scary, you would already be there. So where are you? I know you're here. I'm going to shut myself in and I'm going to find the presence of God, the favor of God in my scary place because he's already gone ahead of me. He's way ahead of me. And ask this question when you get to the scary place. What promise are you making to me right now in this circumstance and situation? What's your promise for this? Because the promises are yes. And I want to have a yes attitude toward the things of God. And I want to have a yes toward the favor of God. So God, and there are many promises. What are your promises? By the way, promises are not for when it's going good. You don't need a promise from God when it's going good. You need a promise from God when it's scary. And you can hold on to the promise of God while he's standing with you, way ahead of you, and you're in that place, in the scary place. You go, God, what's the promise? Isaiah chapter 41, 10, don't be afraid for I am with you. So many times in my life, Scary times, times where in, in, in my own wanting to grow and, 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 and embracing this journey of learning to live in favor when circumstances say otherwise, and in the pain and in the fear and crying out and saying, God, where are you? And I don't want to, by faith, you're here with me in the midst. I want a manifestation of your presence right now. God, I am not moving here until I know that I know that I know you're here with me. And in the quietness of that moment, to hear his whisper and say, I'm here. I'm right here. I was way ahead of you. I'm glad we caught up. Isaiah 41, I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. We're going to get through this. 
because I love you and I'm going to give you an edge. I'm going to give you an edge. Say yes to favor. Say yes to favor until the situation turns favorable. Number two, never let situations or life define your identity in Christ or God's love or favor towards you. Jesus is talking to Jesus is talking to some people, and um, there's uh, he's talking about parenting, and he uses this phrase: "If you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children," and he's saying, "If you sinful people know how to be good parents," and it sounds kind of weird. It's it's a it's a it's for comparison. It's a literary way. It's in writing to say so. Let's all agree that we're human, and um, compared to God, we're lousy parents. Compared to God. But we're not lousy parents, and God's not comparing. Right? It's just, he's making a point, so be really careful about this. God never compares us. He's, not, he's, he's telling every parent in this room, you're an amazing parent. You're awesome. Come on. You, he's giving us the resources to be parents. He's saying, in our frailty and our humanity, we sometimes get it wrong. God never gets it wrong. You understand? All right. Then he's saying, so if that's the case, and you're such good parents, I mean, if your kid wants a bike for his birthday, you're going to do everything you possibly can to make that fourth birthday so special for you. I mean, you're just really going to try to do that. You're not going to go, you know what? Life ain't fair, kid. I'm telling you what. You don't get a bike. Maybe when you're 16, you'll get a bike. I'm just going to teach you that life is hard, and so you're going to walk. You don't get a bike. Not a parent in the room. And if there is, we're phoning CAS. Um, so, no, we would, do, we would just try. We would, we would bend heaven and earth to get the bike. All kids have bikes. Part of life, kids have bikes. So if you know how to do that, how much more? If you're sitting in the room today, I want you to ask the question, how much more does God love me? How much more does God want to give to me? How much more? A little bit more than a good parent? Five notches more? 10, 15? How about an infant? Infinite. That we're growing in our understanding of his favor. Why? Because we're saying yes to favor. Don't let your situation identify your identity because he's in how much more father. How much more? How much more? How much more? And he answered a question that it was Sunday and there was a man that needed healing. He had paralysis in an arm and the religious people had this crazy rule that you weren't allowed to work on Sunday. It, did, it was based in the, in the Torah and the law, but they had so mangled it and misinterpreted it. And, and so uh, you, you, can't, you can't heal people. They, they were accusing Jesus of working because he was healing on Sunday, on the Sabbath. And, uh, and so it all becomes about the rules for them. Rules, rules, got to get it right, don't get it wrong. Performance, say Performance. And in the context of a man suffering because they wouldn't release goodness to this man and pray for healing of this man, Jesus goes, um, all right. And I, can't, I think he called them names, but I don't know what names he would have called them. But he says, uh, all right, because he knew he had farmers in that. He goes, so let me just get this straight. One of you has a sheep, 
and the sheep fell down in a big hole. Well, just screaming out in fear, and poor sheep doesn't know what's going on. It's dark, it's cold, it, 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 the sheep doesn't know. I mean, the sheep's sure that, you know, a coyote's going to come and get him, and he doesn't know if he should scream any louder because the coyotes might come. And, He's hoping the shepherd will come. And so Jesus paints the picture beautifully. He goes, so which one of you farmers is going to tell the sheep, uh, tough luck, it's Sunday. We don't rescue sheep on Sunday. So I, if I were you, I'd be quiet because the coyotes are going to hear you and eat you. But I'll come back tomorrow, okay? Bye. Jesus says, what farmer would do that? What farmer would do that? When you go and pull the sheep out, it's basic. Basic. Say basic. Kids having bikes, sheep being pulled up. Of course you would. And how much more valuable is a person than a sheep? He said to the man, hold out your hand. And he was healed. Saying yes to favor because I understand how much he loves me. And circumstances, I'm in a well. But isn't he going to pull you out? Or is he going to leave you there for a few days? Because it's maybe not the right day. Or maybe you got it messed up. Or maybe there's a rule or something. I don't know. No. Today, wherever you're crying out from, he wants to pull you out because his favor is toward you. Look at the ravens. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns. God feeds them. How much more valuable are you than birds? How much more? You decide. It's a rhetorical question that you get to answer. How much more does he want to love me? How much more does he want to give me? And faith will decide. Or you can just walk into favor and go, all of it. I get all things in Christ Jesus. Say all things. Learning to say yes to favor. Number three. Crisis is a chapter, it's not the book. So we're convinced. Growing in favor will be what convinces you. Linda and Norm came with us to the conference. You guys wave just for people that may not know who these beautiful people are. Elders here in the church and, and came with us to the conference uh, this week and, and we just had a wonderful time in the presence of God and the staff got energized and... and uh, there's some things in life, the scary places don't go away. I mean, we talk, and there's scary places, and there's hard things, but, but when we talk, we often go, but we're convinced that God's going to come through. We're convinced, and that's what's wonderful about people who have journeyed ahead of us in this journey of Christendom, that can, they can help remind us. We're convinced that every detail of our lives is continually woven together to fit into God's perfect plan of bringing good into our lives. He didn't bring the bad into your life. He's not even allowing the bad into your life. Oh, God's allowing this so that I can grow. No, it's a part of the consequence of living in a sinful world. And we are victorious in Christ Jesus, and we overcome sin. We overcome the consequences of a sinful world. God is not throwing sinful things on you and difficult things on you. He's just doing this to get my attention so I will grow. I'm sorry, God. No. Stop it. <laughs> but there are scary places on this earth, and he's, he's, he's ahead of us, and he's helping us. And he's walking through so that we'll be victorious over the consequences of sin and be able to say to the enemy, I am more than victorious through Christ Jesus our Lord. I'm convinced. God's perfect plan of bringing good into my life. For 
We are his lovers who've been called to fulfill his design purpose. There's a purpose that I am yet to fulfill. And though I don't understand my circumstances, I understand his love and favor. I'm convinced. For he knew all about us before we were born, which means he knows all about you today and tomorrow. And he destined us from the beginning to share in the likeness of his son. What does his son look like? His son looks like someone who's so full in love with God that he's grown in wisdom and stature and favor. It says of number four, the process is your training for a life in favor. Speaking of Joseph, who was in a pit, he was in a prison, he was all over the place, and then he finally walked in the destiny of ruling and reigning in Pharaoh's courts. But they bruised his feet with shackles. I don't know where your journey is at today and how this journey has bruised your feet, how there might be things holding you back today. His neck was put in irons. You feel like you can't move. You feel like you can't turn and have a will of your own today. Don't feel hopeless and helpless. It's not the end of the story. Till what was foretold came to pass, till the word of the Lord proved him or processed him or brought him to destiny. Favor never changed for Joseph. The process you're in today is your training for a life to be lived in favor. Stand with me this morning. With every eye closed and every, just every person with your eyes closed right now all across this room, just before we go in, one last song and then I'm gonna dismiss you. Our prayer team's coming. We would be delighted to stand with you where two shall agree is touching anything. It's done in Jesus' name, the Bible says, and pray with you today. Maybe something was in your heart that you heard and you go, wow. I relate to that. Can I just encourage you at the end of a service, that's, you have mental assent. Your brain is telling you yes, and your spirit is saying yes and agree, coming into agreement. That's a word for you. I would encourage you then, you come forward. It could be a 30-second prayer, but you go, hey, I related today to that point, and I want to push it from my head down into my spirit. Would you pray with me that this word will become life and a lamp to my feet this week. And that's what we believe. That's why prayer team's here and part of what they do. But if you're here today and you've never invited Jesus into your heart, just while your eyes are closed and just for privacy of this moment, for people that are around, you might have come in the first time today or you might have been here for some time. Online, you're watching, you're a part of this. And today's your day to say yes to favor. You thought God was against you. You thought if he came to church today, lightning would strike you're surprised it didn't. The good news of the gospel that I'm sharing with you today that you've heard is that Jesus took your sin to the cross. But you have to ask for the transfer to your account. No one can do that for you. We read it earlier that by faith, his righteousness, his cleanness, forgiveness of every sin you've ever committed, every sin you will ever commit will be washed clean. Many of us in this room, in fact, most of us have done this, and we can attest there's nothing like knowing the washing of our sins. If that's you today and you want to change the account, you, you're tired of trying to keep track of good and bad, and you realize you can't do enough good to outlive the bad, and the Bible teaches that. Today, Jesus wants to take it all. 
and to give you eternal life. If that's you, I'm gonna count down three, two, one in a moment. And at, when I get to one, just simply raise your hand or online today you're texting. I wanna make the decision to receive Jesus. Be my privilege to pray with you after you put your hand up. That's your act of faith. We'll pray with you, all of us in this room, and there will be a miracle of your brand new birth. You'll be born again in Jesus. In three, in two, anywhere in this room, one. Just lift your hand so I can see it. Thank you. Thank you at the back. Anyone else today? Anyone else today? I'm just gonna wait a moment because I'm just scanning. I wanna make sure I don't miss anyone. Well, Harvest, put your hands together for someone that said today, yes, I wanna make this decision. <laughs> Sir, I would encourage you, just pray this prayer from your heart with us or maybe you didn't, you, you were you're like, oh, I missed salvation today. No, if in your heart you still want this, it's okay. You, you can receive today. Your act of faith is praying this prayer. Let's all pray this prayer together. Dear Jesus, thank you that you love me. You are for me, not against me. I receive forgiveness of sin. Take my sin. Thank you for righteousness. Thank you for cleansing. Thank you for a new life. Thank you for a fresh start today. I receive it. I receive eternal life. I start my new life with you right now by faith. Amen. Hey, I, we believe if you prayed that prayer from your heart, you are born again. Come on, let's sing this today before we're dismissed.
morning, God, for your faithfulness. God, for your word that rings so true to our our lives at times. And God, that you bring timely words for timely seasons, God. Father, I pray that each and every one in this auditorium will leave blessed, God. They will leave filled, God, with your word, filled with your Holy Spirit, God, and filled with your love. Father, we bless everyone as they leave these doors. And Father, bring us back safely next week. In your name, we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have an amazing week. We love you, Harvest. Bye-bye online. <laughs>